welcome again to Beyond Four Walls. As usual, my name is Abel, and I'm with my co-host Anthony. Hey, hey. And today we have a special guest, uh, Lilianis uh, from Hope Counseling of Central Florida. Thank you for joining. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having coming. Me. Um, we're really excited. Um, as we said before, one of the things we truly believe is that the gospel redeems all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you focus on, as we're going to dive into, is mental health. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you want, before we go ahead and get started into the nitty gritty, if you kind of want to say like what got you into opening this business and kind of just like what the business does and everything. Yes, sure thing. So, um, let me start with what got me into being a therapist because it was God. Um, (laughs) I was going to be a lawyer actually. Um, I still have a passion for advocacy and just being right, period. (laughs) Um, But then, (laughs) but then, um, I was drawn to psychology and I was like, okay, how can I implement law and psychology at the same time? And then God kind of started to stir my heart towards counseling. It was a better way to resolve people's, you know, problems, to help people with issues, you know, Mm -hmm. matters of the soul. Long story short, I grew into my career. Um, By the time I was 25, I was heading towards, um, I say heading towards the top. I was already in management. And then something clicked in me. Again, I think it was God. And it was like, this is not what you went to school for. I was barely doing counseling. I was pushing paper and managing Mm -hmm. people. And I realized this is not what I went to school for. I went to school to become a counselor. So long story short, um, God placed it in my heart to open the private practice. Um, Another thing, too, is that when you work for another company, if the company doesn't share a faith value, you cannot openly pray for people. You cannot openly talk about the the word or anything like that. So I'm like, if it's my thing and people want to talk about these things, they can. They have the liberty. So I started it as a side thing. Uh, my plan was just to keep a private practice on the side and then just keep growing in my job. Mm-hmm. But um, my practice kept growing and my job kept getting more horrendous. <laughs> so <laughs> God opened the door that I was able to move full time into private practice. That's, That's exciting. Awesome. So um, you've been in business for how long? It's going to be six years in October. Six years. Mm-hmm. And you left your... the. When did you stop doing the dual like half practice? Um, within, I want to say... Within seven months. Well, that was wow. quick. Yeah, quick. it was it was quicker than I thought because yeah. I have my life plan now. I'm like, I'm just going to stay in this job for a year and then, you know, see how the practice goes. But, you know, God brought favor and I was able to leave sooner than later. And how long, because you said you started school to become a lawyer? Yes. How long after you started that did you make this switch so thankfully within the first semester oh, okay and it was wow. it was very that's, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it saved good. me a lot of money and heartache um and time and, yeah and time and it was very surprising because since i was in seventh grade i said i was gonna be a lawyer yeah you know my whole life was planned out and uh-huh. when i told my parents it was like what you want yeah, to be yeah. what <laughs> so it was interesting wow. interesting well let's i do again like i said we're super excited kind of this story and we'll kind of talk about a little more like mm-hmm. how they can find you and everything like that but i guess our first my first question um which i'm really excited to bring you is even in christianity mental health is a stigma yes. and a lot of times the problem the the solution most pastors and christians in mm-hmm. general say it's it's not a problem you would go to a counselor but more of a spiritual thing if you ever mm-hmm. feel depressed or if you ever feel any of those like mental anxiety family you know uh, problems it's a spiritual problem where prayer fixes it yeah the Bible fixes and it. the answer is just oh you just have to pray more you're yeah, not praying or, enough or you have to seek the lord more he's putting you through a trial you yeah know, exactly you have to accept it this is a uh, there's a big uh like there's a blessing after it and stuff like that how do you feel to that do you feel 
that that is true that it is a prayer like because mm-hmm. obviously you have a more practical view of it yeah sure so what do you would say to those like like to that? um we have to go to the foundation and how god created us god created us to be um body um soul and spirit right mm-hmm. the spirit is connected to god the soul is where our emotions sit our mind and then you know this body you know i and i always ask this a person this simple question if you are diagnosed with cancer today are you just gonna pray away or are you going to go to an oncologist Mm -hmm. and most likely the answer is i'm gonna do chemo i'm gonna do radio why didn't you just pray it away well (laughs) mental health is the same way Mm -hmm. so if we truly believe that we were created in the same you know god is three three in one right if Mm -hmm. we truly believe in the triune um concept of where body we're we're three in one then you cannot neglect the soul Mm -hmm. right so um it is it is partly a spiritual matter just the same way that illnesses physical illnesses also could be a spiritual matter Mm -hmm. right you know and problems that we go through are um are a spiritual matter so my answer is that yes and no there is a spiritual um aspect to it but Mm -hmm. also you know we are placed in this world in body so we also have to take care of the body and seeing a professional often involves that's what we do taking care of the body you know so to kind of elaborate that so you would say there's certain problems that you do receive mentally that are strictly spiritual yes and one biblical example is i go back to king Saul, um where the word says that um uh god allowed for a spirit to come and torment his mind and then when david would play he would be at ease um, we also have an example of um, the man who was uh, possessed in the town of Gadara, I believed. And Jesus comes and he says, well, this being cannot come out without fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. And he just, and, and the word says that the man was just cutting himself, just mm-hmm. yeah, hanging yeah. around the dead people. And Jesus, you know, rebukes uh, Legion. Legion goes to the pigs and then they die. So there are spiritual aspects of mental health we cannot deny it but also you know in our physical body our body gets weary you know you get tired and i can talk about on and off on how many people in the bible actually struggle with mental health (laughs) so as a counselor how do you distinguish like okay this is a spiritual battle only specifically or this is a combination of both or this is a specifically just a mental how do you personally would distinguish of that? Of course. So I personally believe that nothing ever in this world is just mental. One thing. Yeah. Right. It's just one thing. You know, there is an active spiritual world um, that I mean, not, and, and it doesn't work like, oh, the devil made me do it or the, the devil made me do this. But I do believe that there are influences that kind of take advantage of your hardships. Right. You know, if you're already feeling sad. Then the enemy whispers in your ear and then suddenly that sadness turns into depression. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. So, um, but you have to just walk really close with the Holy Spirit and listen to his discernment. You know, okay. I can look at people in the eye and be like, okay, you just need some laying of hands right now. <laughs> you know, or some people I'm like, I, I think you need medication, right? You know, which I don't prescribe medication, but I will send to the right resource. Yeah, you yeah. know. No, and the important thing is what you said that it's... Pretty much it's never just one thing. Mm-hmm. That's why, especially us as Christians, you know, we know the spiritual part of things. So it's always best to hit the issue from all three angles okay. than just to, oh, okay, let me, it's just prayer. So no, it's, it's best to all around attack it from all sources. For that. Yeah. And um, which is why I also believe that my job is most effective. Um, this is just personal bias when somebody is a believer, you know, yeah. um, there's nothing 
there's nothing more healing than knowing that yes you can have hope in this world but also hope that awaits you know mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. an eternity and walking mm -hmm. with god you know believe me being depressed is much more sweeter sweeter and bearable with god than <laughs> without him yeah and also what you said about how when you were working for somebody else you weren't allowed to to bring the prayer into it right but having your own practice you can implement that part of it to make it a, a more well-rounded approach yes. to the issue mm -hmm. and when you do when you do have a client do you involve their pastor if they are faith-based that's very interesting no not necessarily you know most people go to me because they don't want to talk to their pastor okay yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. well most of the time it's because the pastor would just pray for them and, and or they're send not them home, yeah. or they'll say something like yes. random thing yeah mm -hmm. or sometimes too um i do i have worked with some pastors that they understand like my training is in biblical counseling so they anything don't, beyond yeah. You have to go see somebody like yeah. there's a lot of um, pastors who they do a great job at that. They'll be like, OK, I'm going to see you for six meetings. If the issue is still not resolved, then you need to see a therapist. And yeah. Yeah. Because I've I've seen that example, too, where the pastor would say, you know, that's not my my strong suit or something. And, right. and it's important to have pastors like that, too, and, that and, are that and are admit that. And willing to and admit, admit yeah, that's not my thing here. Yeah. You should. Yeah, that's very important. And then talking about like that so you don't partner up with them but what would you say would be like the danger of a pastor trying to do your job because most pastors i mean especially like in like are, t are very prideful of mm -hmm. being the expert in every aspect mm -hmm. so what would you say would be the danger of someone like overstepping their 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 craft and not yes. their expertise well 100 i would say that the dangers i think the worst thing that could happen is somebody actually committing suicide yeah. because you just told them to pray it away and suddenly they couldn't pray it away and you know it became too much yeah. and it became too much to burden um as a burden um sometimes too um some pastors uh may not have the training on the liabilities and legally if they're supposed to report certain oh, things okay. and okay. then yeah, I um i that. have i used to teach ethics at um a Bible Institute, and I will give countless of stories. Like, hey, for instance, if you find out that a child was abused and you don't report that, you as a pastor can You're go liable. to jail. Yeah. yeah, You're liable for that. Or, wow. you know, if somebody commits suicide and they told you about it and you didn't say, say it to the right people, like, you could be held liable for that. So sometimes it's lack of knowledge, to be honest. Like, and sometimes it's pride. It's like, let me tackle it. But, you know, it could just sink someone further in instead mm -hmm. of actually helping them out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of times as as leaders, even as leaders, individuals, you try to be the hero. Like yeah. you try mm -hmm. to just like step in and yeah, like, yeah. and it could be just not even a pride thing. It could just mm -hmm. be like, I need to be the hero yeah. for this person. They looked at me as a pastor, so I need to give the answers. But one of the things um, we spoke with our last guest was about like food and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Now, do you look into that as well when you when you analyze someone? We I'm assuming don't. you. I'm assuming you do like some analyzing. Like, how about when like we were speaking last time, it was like food and nutrition can have a chemical imbalance. Oh, it can yes. cause you to feel certain ways and feel lethargic and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Do you? So you guys don't really look into that aspect. No, though. we haven't. But actually, like this is the year of gut health. Like everywhere, <laughs> everywhere that you hear, you talk about gut health. And now that you're talking about it, um, a lot of serotonin, which is one of the neurotransmitters in charge of um, depression and pleasure, um, happen in your gut instead of your brain. Mm. So um, there is 
I see something happening and is that gut health is going to start to merge with mental health for that reason. What we do pay attention is patterns like um, appetite. Like, are you eating less or are you eating more? Not necessarily what you're eating, but I think in the future, definitely is an avenue that we're willing to look at because um, I crave carbs when I'm stressed. Yeah, yeah. I do know uh -huh. that there's a relationship between yeah, what yeah. you're eating and how you're feeling. Okay. So elaborate on the gut health thing because i'm not i'm not sure personally yes sure thing so the theory is that there is biome in your gut there's bacteria healthy bacteria and if there's an imbalance there there's an imbalance in the rest of the body okay. so they they're called people who are into gut health they're calling the gut the second brain so mm -hmm. they're pay, they're starting to pay attention more to what okay. we're eating and how it's affecting you you know in your gut okay that's interesting so so like 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 so if you're unhealthy it could cause you to naturally move up to your brain to have less yes things mm -hmm. that you that you need to do mm -hmm. like you mentioned lethargy you know for instance coffee like if you suffer from anxiety you shouldn't drink coffee you know or yeah. like you should drink less coffee you know because they can exacerbate your exactly. anxiety uh -huh. so if you suffer from depression you shouldn't drink alcohol at all because it lowers it's a depressant so you know what you ingest matters makes <laughs> so, it even worse yeah. yeah yeah and then you did mention which was interesting you mentioned that you would send someone if needed to actually get medicine yes 100 percent. now a lot of people will say like that's not something we, we should do especially well one on the health side like those medicines mm -hmm. have a lot of like things that we shouldn't be taking in general mm -hmm. and then two is just that could change your like your mindset like my mm -hmm. mom she at first at a certain point of her life was like taking like antidepressants which mm -hmm. caused her to just become like zombie like which that's yeah. what i call it mm -hmm. so like what is your view on that because there is a big negative when it comes to those yes. medicines my view is to number one get educated you know and um the thing with psychotropic medication which is the medication for mental health is that there's no one size fits all so for instance for pain you already know tylenol would ideally gonna do something right it's pretty standard when it comes to medication for depression, anxiety, or other disorders, sometimes it's not until your third one that you mm. actually find the right one. Um, so how I operate is that if you have been coming to therapy for X, Y, Z time, and I see that you're trying your best to implement what we talk about therapy in therapy outside, if your spiritual life is just hanging in there and you're doing what you need to do, but it's still not, you know, working out. I tell people, go get checked out. Maybe it's the 25% that you need to get to back to 100% for a given time, you know. Um, so I just tell people, get educated, ask about side effects. Um, keep a log of, like, how you're actually improving or if you're not so that if there needs to be a change, then there could be a change. So, you know, I make sure that they go with education because a lot of times it's, you know, it's, lack of not knowledge or fear there's a lot of fear to taking you know for that reason because um for some people they they have told me well the sadness is still there it's just that i don't feel it as much mm, <laughs> you yeah. know okay. so and that shouldn't be the point either mm -hmm. okay would you would you recommend a a natural solution like if someone like would say like i want to take a yes or, if possible i i still send them to their pcp first because i'm not allowed to prescribe or like vouch by any like natural you know yeah um supplement but P i can, by pcp just for people um, that don't know. primary care physician okay um so so that they can evaluate if it's a vitamin deficiency if it's something that they can just get over the counter too because there are there are over-the-counter supplements that can help with mental yeah health. because you legally can't right specifically prescribe exactly anything. Okay. i can tell you gotcha. like you know i can 
give you recommendations but not specifically recommend like hey try this drug and then yeah yeah okay and then when it comes to like major extreme like uh uh issues would you are you on support like for example like bipolarism like all all these other like major issues Mm -hmm. do you think like definitely they should be on medication or do you think there's a solution that doesn't require that so i the one solution would be god doing a healing miracle in my opinion so you have an admission that these things are reality like for example yeah yeah a lot of people would say like i'm on i'm gonna admit i'm one of those people who are like we're so leading our kids that HDHD has just grown as a as a it's as getting a, worse. A, as a thing. We're like, oh, the kids just acting up, but we're just labeling. Like, so for me, like, I'm very hesitant of just these are like medical disabilities, like labeling something, labeling something, yes. just to label it. So, mm-hmm. do you think one these are realities? Like, people are already mm-hmm. really suffering from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the extreme, and obviously yeah. at these. So, like, do you think that's something that could be redeemed? Not obviously through mm-hmm. God, but like through practical sense. Yes, if people take the time and the right diagnosing. Now that you bring ADHD, for instance, ADHD is a disorder that doesn't necessarily have to be treated with medication. Like sometimes it would take just a lot of structure from the parent because specifically with kids, the one that you mainly have to work with is the parent, not Mm -hmm, the kid. mm -hmm. Um, Hence why I don't see kids. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's hard. It's a a tough battle, right? How do you tell a parent how to parent? Mm-hmm. you yeah. know um so uh there are disorders that sometimes if someone actually took the time to see the person as a whole they realize well they just went through a change and suddenly they have adhd no they're adjusting to the change that they just exactly went uh-huh. okay you know so and then there are disorders that are very obvious like for instance there's ptsd if you went through a trauma there's um uh, schizophrenia there's bipolar that are just very obvious that research also shows that the best course of treatment might be therapy with medication. Or a chemical, like it's a yeah, true it's chemical like a imbalance. True chemical imbalance. Um, okay. Doctor Amen is um actually one of um, uh, uh, his his big doctor on scanning the brain because mm-hmm. the the one organ that gets the least scan is the brain. If you go to the mm-hmm. cardiologist, they'll do an echo. If you go, yeah. If you go to the GI, they'll probably do a ultrasound of your liver, you mm-hmm. know, your kidneys, but they won't scan your brain mm-hmm. to know what's actually wrong with the brain. So yeah. that you can medicate it appropriately if needed, you know. So, so yeah. Hopefully, you know, in the coming years, um, uh, it will become more affordable to scan the brain to know what's actually a chemical imbalance and what could be just modified with behavior. And when it comes to schizophrenia and like bipolarism, on the extreme end, when it comes to like the Christianity, some would say that's possession. Yeah, that's just a demon. We got to pray. Yeah, so, do you agree with that sentiment? Do you agree that some cases are like possessions or do you would say like this is actually a true chemical like mm-hmm. in like again going back to like how do you decipher like mm-hmm. that so, like would you say some of the cases are a mm-hmm. demon possess possession or do you believe in that or what do you say? No, I do. Yeah, I do believe <laughs> I believe in, in possession and oppression. Um, I don't believe that a Christian can be possessed because if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then the enemy cannot live in you at the same time. You know, so mainly you will be, if someone is possessed, mainly you will be dealing with somebody who doesn't, is not a believer, right? Um, Bipolar disorder, I don't think so much is um, uh, possession. When you look at true bipolar disorder, um, there are some people who do experience psychotic features, but mainly the person is aware of what they're doing. It's just not able to control (laughs) what they're doing to some degree. Um, Schizophrenia, you know, I don't have the right evidence or research or like tangible, but you know, from what I have seen, there's a lot of, um, 
behavior that if I go back to that man in the Bible, exactly. right? Uh -huh. That Jesus uh, rebukes the the behavior is pretty similar. Acting erratic, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, the behavior is pretty similar. So I would dare to you're, say that a lot more people are would say possessed. So you're leaning more to the possession side. Yeah. When it comes to the to schizophrenia yes. specifically. And I also believe in oppression. For instance, like um, the enemy taking advantage of. Uh, a mental health disorder and just using demonic to influence it, yeah. to try to talk to you. Yeah. You know, I believe in that 100%. And I'll, I have a question when it comes to like, because, you know, that's kind of thrown around nowadays, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm bipolar or whatever. Is yes. that is that more of a, because like you just explained, schizophrenia is a little more extreme. serious mm -hmm. or extreme. Is that more of like just your current state of mind where you're like weak to to how do i put it mood swings yeah when it's just a mood swing and you're you don't fight it you're just like okay whatever i'll just i'll oh. just lean into this emotion and just no it's so hard so bipolar disorder is very interesting because it's so you have to have a depressive episode which um being depressed is not just i feel sad yeah, about uh -huh. something right like you're allowed to feel sad about stuff you know but when you're depressed sometimes you don't even want to shower you don't want to eat or you overeat or you don't sleep or you sleep too much, you know, or you have suicidal thoughts or some people describe it. It's interesting because I've heard believers describe not so much. I want to do something to myself, but God, can you just take me, you know, and that's pretty hopeless, you know, um, there's worthlessness, there's excessive guilt. So that's depression, right? And then mania is almost like the complete opposite. The mm -hmm. person cannot sleep, um, for days you know they'll start many projects um and not finish them they will feel super happy but like for no reason you know some people get grandiose um uh uh personality like i'm bigger than i am think of kenya west mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. when he goes into his mm -hmm. i'm gonna go run for president type of thing mm -hmm. you know um uh some people have increased um drives for um uh other things increased appetite or they'll go overspending. So it's just this erratic, over-the-top behavior. Like It's like a motor is driving you and you can't stop. And that's an, ep an episode. It will last for like a week or more for some people. So it's it's not just a mood swing. When people say like, oh, you're happy in the morning and mad in that. No, that's believe me, it's much more worse. And how do you... Because, you know, looking from the outside in, people, you could just be like, oh, you're just not... You just have to be stronger in yeah. your choice to like to that. move pa past that thought. Like, like well, for example, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, like for example, I don't think this is what you're trying, like I feel like you gotta have some sort of willpower to do, exactly to negate like like how much willpower is required. Is it is it is it more about like like okay? I'm not saying that bipolar doesn't mm -hmm. exist, but is it because some of us are have less will willpower, so then we just lean into the bipolarism and then it oh, and then it create becomes a monster that no. we lose control or is it it's just imagine that you're hungry and you're just hungry all the time and you can't eat and you're trying to tell yourself don't eat don't eat don't eat that's how primal the drive is like when someone is experiencing a manic episode so do you so then because obviously there's an extreme of bipolar where like it's a full-fledged like you mm -hmm. have a, but i mean like there's certain minor things where people just like something happens at work and they're like, like now I'm just going to be sad for like a week. Oh yeah. Like, like at a certain point, where does like, like how much, yeah. Like, at a certain point you gotta be like, you gotta man up. Like this is, this is, this <laughs> yeah, is life. Th that's what yes. we're, 
Oh, like, when so, do you say, like, man up? Like, this is not that big of so a deal. So when you build a good relationship with your client, um, because, um, I, that's kind of my style at some mm-hmm. point, you know, at some point, like I'm going to guide you. I'm like, Oh my God, that must be so sad. You know, like, because you want to validate someone's feelings, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. we're all sad or upset about different things. You know, someone can be upset at traffic and someone be like, Hey, I'll just take advantage and listen to a podcast, you know, my mm-hmm. way to work. No big deal. So once I build rapport, like it gets once I worked with you for like a year or more, like if you're back in a specific pattern, I'm like, okay, let's, let's trace it back. You know, what were the choices that mm-hmm. you had? What could have been a better choice? Like I would never tell someone this is what you need to do. Cause contrary to unpopular, um, Believe. opinion, mm-hmm. we don't give advice. You know, I'm not supposed to tell you what to do exactly. I'm supposed to mm. guide you and explore different options and then let you do you. Oh, okay. Um, but so do you believe in manning up as a solution? Like we all have problems. Like manning up as far as like uh, assuming responsibility. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like Not assuming, even assuming responsibility, but like but accepting, accepting it, and yeah. it's a part of life. Like we're all gonna go through troubles. Like we're not exempt from that. Like we gotta man up and accept the reality that like at certain points I'm gonna have lows and certain points I'm gonna have highs. Oh yeah, yeah. And eventually like, we do get to that point. Gotta, like, like reality testing. Like how can you cope? Okay, this happened, but what are you gonna do about it? Like yes, we do get to that point of like. What are you going to do about it? Or not you even know? letting it affect you. Like, or I've, what are not, the thoughts? Yeah, yeah, what are the thoughts that are contributing? What are the thoughts that are leading you to believe that this is much bigger than it actually exactly. is? You know, okay. I always like to go back to that. Like, and, and also, in your experience, what have you seen that is like a motivating factor to for someone to fall into bipolarism? Or is it like how much of it is how you were brought up? uh genetics uh environmental how your experience how- yeah so there's no like true percentage because there is um the biopsychosocial model that it's like for instance um mental health is very genetic as well like mm-hmm. diabetes you mm-hmm. know it's if you have a parent who had mental a mental health disorder like you might have it already like as a predisposition yeah but maybe you had an amazing childhood and an amazing life and you know it didn't i guess sort of activate that gene you mm-hmm. know maybe the people around you are amazing you have a good support system mm-hmm. so you see how something that affected somebody to some degree it didn't affect you because you had a good support system mm-hmm. um even because you you weren't in christ you exactly know, you grew up pe- in church yeah yeah for some people you know i i i have been in situations that i'm like man if it wasn't that i had jesus i would have gone nuts like mm-hmm. exactly, <laughs> if i went yeah. through this you know so and my support system and so i think it's just a combination of everything you know and of mm-hmm. course a lot of times scientists exclude this part but you know they exclude it, but they don't, you know, because they have shown there's research out there that shows that if you have some type of spirituality, it helps your mental health. If you that, that's across prayer, the board, not just Christianity. Exactly. Yeah, that's across not the board. If you have some sort of belief yeah. in something, in, in a higher power. Yeah. In a higher yes. power, it gives you hope. And yes. that, that pushes it gives you hope because, you know, you you do know that there are certain things that are in your control and certain things that are just simply exactly. not, and you're able to just fully let go. Exactly. You know? Accept it and keep moving. So, Accepting. I, yeah. I mean, I'm probably out of your realm. Going back to the manning up thing, um, there was a situation with a tennis player um, that stopped, that denied trying to go to interviews because said it was affecting their mental health. Oh. Oh. And one of the things yeah. that they said, like commentators would say, is like, part of your job is got to suck it up. <laughs> so back to that, like, where, like, a lot of times we use the excuse of mental health to avoid mm. things. Oh, yeah. So this is where, like, maybe my question to that mm-hmm. was, 
where do you like go from like oh this is affecting my mental health mm-hmm. not do this where to being like you gotta just yeah this when is part of life you yeah, gotta do it when it's affecting your functioning for instance okay. work you know like um the, uh there is uh there's fmla right like you can get uh medical mm-hmm. leave mm-hmm. for mental health issues i stopped doing those because a lot of times people just wanted an extended vacation exactly. <laughs> but you know there gets to a point that i'm like yes okay we do need time off because of mental health reasons from work but it gets to the point that work is therapeutic that you need to get out of your house you know that you need to get up and do something so i would evaluate functioning with this tennis player can she afford not going to those i mean she's making millions so so, the, the so i'll probably, I'll probably so pop like, out I too you, i don't know yeah. if you know the story anthony yeah i've heard but of some it. people viewed it as a, okay like she's speaking out this is great for the you know sports yes. world some people like that is she's just Using as an excuse. Just, as but we, we'll as never we, know. As, yeah. we, as we know, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess mm-hmm. how your opinion on this, the new generation is much more sensitive. Yes. Will, mm-hmm. Or will, will claim sensitivity much more faster than the older mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Now, going to that, do you feel like it's just because it's a fad and they want to claim it more? Or is it because yes. the older generation held it in and it was an embarrassment and that's why they didn't understand? Yes. Yeah, so we are, I'm assuming, assuming we're all millennials here. Like, yes. um, we are that middle generation in which our parents told us, you don't have to love your job. You, you just have to go, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to suck yeah. men up, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were like, okay, yes, mental health, we're aware of it. We take care of ourselves, but we still function, you know. Mm-hmm. New generation is TikTok told me I have this. And I'm mm-hmm. like... No, just because this person is experiencing these symptoms and you coincidentally are, doesn't mean that you have this diagnosis. Go see a professional, mm-hmm. you know? So yes, there is <laughs> there is a lot of labels and there is a lot of cop-out, you know, for mental health. But we, the only person that knows, you know... Um, That's the hard thing, it's the, the person. It's the person. You know, what you can do to support though is get to a point and desi- discern the difference between helping and enabling right you know like i have told parents of adult children you know and it happens a lot Mm -hmm. in the hispanic community Mm -hmm. that it's like Mm -hmm. oh my god he's 25 but i'm paying his bills because he's depressed honey it gets to the point you know i'll Uh support you for a month for two but it gets to a point that you need to go pay your bills and if not you need to go pay the consequences for not doing so okay you know so it's so as a support we're never going to know, right, what's going on in someone's mind. But then once we stop enabling, we might see if it might actually help somebody get better. So, go ahead, Anthony. So, uh, I want to get into a little bit about, like, personalities. How, what, what is your take on personalities or how many are there? And wh- how those personalities are some types of people more susceptible to these types of issues versus other people with different personalities how, how do, so there's multiple theories on personalities um uh what i can tell you though that is that there are personality disorders mm-hmm. like um and you see this in individuals who just no matter like whatever angle even spiritual angle <laughs> like mm-hmm. you go through like they just are more susceptible to certain things. So there might be a personality disorder there or you see somebody who just doesn't get along with anybody. Like, I don't know, they always have issues with somebody in their life. Like, that's more of a personality disorder. But um, honestly, like, it, it affects everybody. That's the one universal thing of mental health. You can have the strongest personality, it'll get you. Have you guys watched Encanto yet? 
I haven't seen no, it. No, not yet. Oh, no. go watch it. You'll see. Just look at um, one of Tell the... Tell about the sister? That was yeah, like... Luisa. Strong personality, strongest. All this... Her eye was twitching. It got to her. You know? It'll get to anybody. Mm-hmm. Just the same thing. Because we also have to understand mental health as a physical thing, right? So the same way that perhaps health might reduce the instance of getting cancer, but you might still get cancer. Mm-hmm. Because it's just the world we're living now, when it comes to personality, is personality driven based off like chemical life, or is it like, like if you're, are you born an introvert, or is it something where like circumstances created the, you in, yeah. to be an introvert? Both. Or, or like, are you chemically born to be alpha male, or does like your upbringing? Like you said both. Like, how does mm-hmm. like where would you say? So I think both. You know, in the sense of that, um, for instance, you can be genetically an extrovert but given the right and is there is there proof to that like is there scientific um, not studies? that i can bring off from the top of my head okay. you know more like in general sense of how mental health works you know yes there's like that nature versus nurture de- uh-huh, debate exactly. which is like were we born this way or you know was i born with a blank brain and then it developed or was i born with already the preset of how with a with a core that yeah so um research does show that certain experiences do shape your brain differently Mm -hmm. so you know there's that sense of that i believe that there's things that were already built in us but given the right opportunities then they start to be developed you know Mm -hmm. um i think of somebody like paul in the bible right you know when went from murdering christians to Mm -hmm. being like an apostle to the gentiles right Mm -hmm. I believe when you read his letters, you realize that his personality was in still itself there. was yeah. still there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was just that God shaped it for his glory. So it's, you know, what could we... So this is an example of like, it was set, but given to God you, and given to the right circumstances, it, to it could be molded. So, you know, I do believe both, you know, you can have a kid or you can have a super extroverted kid who had an embarrassing moment in school and suddenly became introverted. Because that embarrassing moment. Now, talking about like those spectrums, introvert and extrovert, going to like the work of the Lord, mm-hmm. one of the things that causes like evangelism to be an issue is the introverts. Like they have that mm-hmm. issue of speaking out. Now, do you do you feel like there is a a way to? Is it, does everybody have an extrovert into the in them? Um, like, does everybody have an ability to like become a spokesperson, or is like? Or do we have to ex- accept, you know, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, as a church, we push everybody to evangelize and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it a, a truth where, like, not everyone's meant to speak out? Like, there's certain people that are just going to be introverts no matter what happens. Yeah, I believe so. Um, okay. Because, uh, first off, I, you know, I always said it. If there was no need for introverts, then God wouldn't have made them that way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and also, we're all part of one body, so we each have a function. Exactly. Um, uh-huh. And I am an introvert. Um, and people don't believe me because, oh, you know, you do this. Well, I, I've been fidgeting with my ring the whole time, you know, like, <laughs> as I'm talking. Um, I sent my husband in first. I'm like, strangers, strangers, <laughs> not you. But, you know, I was like, I've never been here. So, you know, but I do believe that if you want to and you submit that part to God because he's called you for something else, then you're able to say, God, 
I know I'm an introvert. You kind of made me like this, but I'm going to push through that, you know, because there's a time Mm -hmm. and a place for everything. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God needs the introverts, you know, the ones that are going to be doing stuff in the background, right? The ones that are going to make sure that a Sunday service is moving or that that evangelistic event is up and running the way that it should. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not the people in the front, but but they're the people that make everything possible. And And in a way, they're evangelizing. And that's the problem with the... You know, well, we can speak for the Hispanic Pentecostal church because it's always been it's always been the same. You know, we have these youth services and then they tell everybody, oh, you guys are all called to be evangelists. You're going to preach. And and that's all it is. Everybody's going to preach, preach. Everybody's a preacher. So who are we going to be preaching to if everybody's a preacher? And it's like, it's true. it comes a time where, like you said, you know, we're a body. So not everybody can do one thing god needs people to do this and that and not only that i, I feel like even like when we were younger like if you would say no to participate you're not a true exactly person. oh <gasps> what's going on with him he when must the be Lord asked he, you always must say exactly that thing yeah. where, like, exactly that's where, like, like that's my thing where, like, it's like maybe god asked me to do the slides in purple center <laughs> exactly like, <laughs> and that's okay. and it's like oh he must be less Christian. in sin or something yeah, yeah, yeah. what's up with him why is he not taking part? or maybe god asked me because there's some people who um are introverts but like they that doesn't mean that they don't love people like there's people who would call you they mm-hmm. would rather call that person exactly you yeah. know and uh, to me that reaches out sometimes even more than mm-hmm. i always say this that my greatest work in ministry is going to be what i do in my office behind closed doors with one person than any preaching i'll ever do exactly like yeah. you know because i'm an introvert <laughs> yeah no, and it's it's tough because not just Christians, because especially I mean talking about Christian, we're like the pastors looked at as the strongest, or like the preacher that like is Encendio and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like that person. They're, they're the pinnacle. They're the of... pinnacle of spirituality. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the person that's like you said, back in pro presenter, the one cleaning the church. Yeah. They look like oh, like they're 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 Christians, mm-hmm. but they're not that strong of mm-hmm. Christians. So like it's it's breaking that tradition i mean it's, it's societies mm-hmm. like that too like the people yep. that are out there celebrities the ones that are like mm-hmm. they're like that strong emotionally vice versa mm-hmm. a lot of times like you said i mean we, we see famous people fall into suicide fall into all that yeah. stuff just mm-hmm. recently um 2019's miss america um committed suicide 30 oh, yeah. years old yeah wow. lawyer that, that successful. was that was insane i mean and you also see major christians that were big big parts of our lives you see look at their history and then mm-hmm. we uncover that they had some major sin mm-hmm. or they had some major mm-hmm. issue like apex or like extrovert mm-hmm. doesn't always equal success yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that's where like mm-hmm. it like you said it could push those people mm-hmm. that that have that introvert to feel less mm-hmm. and they could open that and door. honestly like i have found that sometimes some people who are int- extrovert um is because they don't know how to be alone not every extrovert of course but some people lean into extroversion because they don't know how to be alone mm. and because if they're alone their thoughts start getting to them and they start getting depressed so which is not healthy either mm-hmm. you know and then there's also the introvert who just doesn't want to be around people that's not healthy either you know so it's just finding the balance knowing when to like kind of lean into which one and to kind of ask another question i've been counseling myself mm-hmm. and one of the things that even i felt it was you guys really don't do anything. It's not saying you specifically, but it's mean. just like, we just say things and you're like, oh, okay. Or it's going to be better. Or like, what do you think? Or like, why do I have to pay for you to do that? Or I could just talk to Anthony and he could mm-hmm. tell me, hey, you know, push through or hey, stay positive. Mm-hmm. Or hey, how do you feel about that? Like, where would you say to those people that like, are like, 
you're really not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. So it, it so be clear with your counselor. What do you want? You know, the minute that you tell me you want advice, I'll tell you I'm not the counselor for you because I don't live in your shoes. What could work for me could not work for you. You know, um, I always tell my clients that the most important work they're going to do is setting the right expectations, you know, like specifically for someone who's been like, if this is your first time, you know, I tell you like the most important work you're going to do is outside of the office. You know, you sit here, we'll bounce ideas. You know, I may recommend like trying certain things and then you decide if they work for you or not. You know, the reason I tell go to someone who doesn't know you, who can keep confidence and not yeah, judgmental uh-huh. is because for, let's say you just lost your kid and someone tells you stay positive or the joy of the Lord is your strength. I just lost my kid. That's not what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, maybe I just need someone to listen. <laughs> That's to it. Vent, yeah. yeah. To vent to, you know, because sometimes when we go to friends, our family, because they love us, they try to find a solution for us. And sometimes it's not the best. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause yeah. I, I've been to counseling too. And what, the most important thing is not only are you talking to somebody and they're listening, but it's we use the term third party because it's some, but mm-hmm. they're really a third. You guys are really a third party because you're not emotionally invested in neither yeah. and nobody and you know either. But, yeah. Exactly, yeah. but if I go to my mom and I'm talking to her about my my wife, obviously she's gonna side with me because mm-hmm. I'm her son. Yeah, and vice versa if she goes to her parents, they're gonna yes. side with her. So having a real third mm-hmm. party is, I think, the biggest thing of and the biggest yeah. part. It's of like a you... mirror. You know, I see counseling as a mirror. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just here to show you what you probably can't see on your own. Like, exactly. sometimes one of the best sessions are when my clients just kind of talk and then I just point them into like, I'll just ask one question mm-hmm. and they'll kind of figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that's so rewarding because I'm like, okay, so I know that at some point you won't need me. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that's my goal. My goal is to prepare my clients that at some point they don't need me. And and we see that in the prodigal son. Yes. It The, the Bible specifically says when he, what is it, when he went into himself, something like mm-hmm. that. So that's pretty much showing us when you look in the mirror and you're by yourself and you see that's when you realize and paul and, speaks about that exactly as well. mm-hmm. and then that's when the whole shift co- changes mm-hmm. so like you said you guys are just a mirror and yeah. you're waiting for them to get to that point where yeah and sometimes man people get mad at me <laughs> <laughs> but and some people find value in it and mm-hmm. some people just you know buy but i'm like hey that's okay mm-hmm. because i feel like i planted something in you hopefully maybe later on a couple of years later you mm-hmm. remember like that one counselor who told you this you know yeah yeah so and to the people that don't think they need counseling they probably need counseling no (laughs) (laughs) yeah go ahead so my question does everybody need counseling uh at some point even if it's like a pastoral counselor because this is another thing too we tend to um um there's a word for reactive or not proactive yes we tend to be reactive and not proactive about mental health you know it's like why come to counseling when it's actually a depressive episode instead of when you just lost somebody Mm -hmm. you know um or went through something hard like covid you know but um there's also okay we tend to i guess see counseling also just as like 
it's it's pros and cons right because we should see it from a medical model but also it's like you know you can go to it even if it's just a stressor you know you don't have to actually have a diagnosis and a lot of people think if i go to the therapist it means that i'm crazy and i'm like no you know you go to your pcp your primary care physician hopefully once a year just to check that everything's fine so maybe you should just go and i've I've had people like that like i just heard about counseling i just wanted to come just to make sure everything was okay and then like if two to three sessions everything seems fine they you know they stop coming and then some sometimes something happens and guess who they're going to go back to mm-hmm. the counselor that they met so you think so you think everybody should have like a yearly checkup yes 100 percent. at least check. checking with yourself right or um i know a lot of primary care physicians are implementing um assessments as part of their year I, I get one yeah ask how you feel mm-hmm. you're trying to commit so suicide. and i think that's awesome right because it's like maybe you don't see the therapist right away but maybe at least somebody asked you mm-hmm. how's your mental health and then they'll refer appropriately so you know but at some point in our lives yeah you know even if it's just to vent i tell everybody even if it's just to vent to somebody who doesn't know you for three four sessions that's okay there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. that or you know some people are more comfortable with a pastoral counselor or with a pastor who prepared he's a little bit more prepared in both realms like that's okay too and do you think it's the church's responsibility to encourage this yes i think it's the church's responsibility to encourage every aspect of our lives from finances from nutrition from health you know from mental health you know the gospel is much more practical than we make it out to be mm-hmm. yeah you know if you read proverbs i mean you'll be like oh my god even like teaching your kids you know something so mm-hmm. i think it is because if we let go of that responsibility who's gonna take it the world mm-hmm. you know so and most of the time the world is not teaching the truth that is found in the word of God. So it is, yeah, our responsibility. Um, one of the things I find interesting um, is, well, I wonder is, do you, do you try to avoid being a counselor to your son? Because you have a son. <laughs> yeah, No, I don't work with kids. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, in like, do you like avoid... And husband. To, do you try, like a husband, do you try to avoid doing those tactics? <laughs> Or, so, like, is there a separation of the real you and counselor you? Yes, there's a huge separation. And it doesn't mean that I'm disingenuine. But for sure, I would tell you this, that um, uh, sometimes I'll tell my husband, I'm like, I'm telling you this because I wish I could tell this to my clients, but I can't. You know? <laughs> so I'm just, te- I'm just adding a whole layer of truth to what I'm saying. I don't lie to my clients, but there's wording that you have to use, right? Yeah, you, you can, know, yeah. Like, you cannot just, you have to be a little versatile, you know? Like, I have navigate. clients, yeah, I have clients who are atheists, so exactly. I cannot even say bless you when they sneeze, you mm-hmm. know? So, so I have to be a little bit versatile versus, like, with my family. And honestly, half the time I forget I'm a therapist outside of work. <laughs> okay, so you don't, you're not, like, what I mean is, like, you're not naturally behind your head, like, thinking, like, when, like... No, because counseling... Nation's talking to you, like, oh, so man, she I'll needs you this. Yeah, you're trying to dismantle it. Like, yes. You're not doing that to them. No, not at all. Okay. Like, what I, what I have learned to do with my son is to validate his feelings. Like, you know, I understand you're sad because you're bent on a broken half. <laughs> <laughs> But what can we do about it? So I really try my best. But for instance, like you mentioned for some people who think, oh, counselors just listen. No, we're here thinking about what you're actually saying. How does this implicate, you know, like clinically? Is there an intervention that we can give you? Like, is there a challenge that we can give you? It's like, it's work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. And how how does that work, like, for yourself? Like, we can never be our own therapist ever. Okay. We need to go to therapy. Okay. Yeah, so do you so therapy. do you analyze your counselors? Um, my therapist yeah, like 
Oh, my counselors? Do you, no. I mean, like, do you oh, do, like, do gotcha. you do mental checkup on them so, to make sure they're um, okay? Um, no, no. Like, the, the therapist that I would see as a client myself, or, no, 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 like, no, the... Saying, like, your people you have... The people you work you, with. Oh, You yes, have employees. Do yes. you do, like, mental check-ins not, on them? Not so mental check-ins, but I check in on them as humans, you know? Like, I'll be like, I notice that XYZ is going on. Are you okay? That's so you don't always... force them to do counseling to make sure they're fine? Oh, no. Not okay. necessarily. Because most programs um, force you to do counseling before they even graduate you. Because okay. they want to make sure that you're mentally fine before you, you know, you're even graduating. And now with my students, I do supervise some students. Um, if I figure that there's a mental health concern that precludes them from doing their job, yes, I'll recommend therapy for sure. You know, I haven't had to do it yet so far, but. And is there a requirement as a as a licensed person that you have to, let's say, the government requires annually that you take a mental exam or something like yeah, that yeah interestingly not like okay. um they That's do odd. trust that it is on you know they do trust now the the path to licensure is hard like actually florida is one of the hardest states to get licensed mm-hmm. as a therapist so i do trust that if someone's licensed here <laughs> they did their fair share mm-hmm. however though i always tell this to somebody you know it doesn't mean that some people slip through the cracks you mm-hmm. know they do um we we have a checks and balances process like you know as a therapist if i know that someone's issues are precluding them from doing their job um you know you would address it what i have no or we or if the behavior is inappropriate report it to the board you know but they do require you to answer truthfully if there's any mental conditions that are preventing you from doing your job you know hopefully people are truthful but what I have noticed in my profession is that, of course, we cannot expect people to do what we don't do ourselves. So mm. most therapists I know have gone to therapy or there, go to therapy when they need well, because, it. Because you have a lot of times where doctors smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Where yeah. like, as I'm saying, like sometimes you have a, I mean, that's my, that, that was an interesting question you asked because like you would assume yeah, because you, you graduated assume. healthy doesn't mean 10 years down the road yeah. you're still mentally like yeah. able to handle all this yeah but it would be the same like for a doctor right it's like do they require them to do a annual checkup no yeah. so i think it would be the same it's kind of like the same concept for mental health they're just hoping that you're taking care of yourself um but we're very, us therapists well at least the therapists i work with we're very open like yeah i'm seeing my therapist next week because this happened or like yeah i'm starting therapy again <laughs> because this happened so i'm like okay good you're in therapy and how how frequent or off are you guys uh Cause I know in the, my wife's aunt deals with, uh, she's a doctor and she deals with medicine and stuff. And I, I know they're, they're continuously reading new material mm-hmm. stuff, medicine that comes out, all that. How often are you guys like new methods that are coming down or new mm-hmm. discoveries of new diseases or, or meds or. So we're required by law. Like every, every two years you renew your license. And in that period of every two years, you have to have at least 30 continued education credits. Okay. So in order to renew your license, you have to be educated. You okay. have to continually educate yourself. Gotcha. Um, some people just pick, like, if their specialty is trauma, then they try to center those um, 30 credits towards specifically trauma. Around yeah, that. Specifically okay. around that. So. And how do you avoid confirmation bias when you get to a counselor? Like, obviously, like, when I went to counseling, I'm mm-hmm. giving my side of the story. Mm-hmm. Who? So I could, and not to, like, brag, but, like, when you know what you're like if you have lavia like if you have the gift of gab like <laughs> mm-hmm. you could say a story to make it seem like for example let's say me and my wife had a discussion i want to counsel mm-hmm. for that i can make it seem like presenting it to you that i'm comp- how do you 
decipher. find how do you decipher confirmation bias or like I'm giving you a story just so, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. using you to, to confirm what I'm so using. And I'll then ask, I just use yeah. you as a tools for my wife. I'll ask a simple question. What, what would you do differently so that you can kind of see your part in the whole story? And, and not, how about, and not like, just blame the person. I don't know. I mean, I did go to counsel and that was, she would ask like a question like that. And I would just be like, I'm right. Like, I don't, I don't need to do anything different. <laughs> She's okay. like the, the other person is the problem. Mm -hmm. So where i felt like and i'll keep asking could, until you realize <laughs> you know saying? like how do you like if if i'm in a world like how do you avoid being used that's what i'm trying to ask like where like i could mm -hmm. go to you just to mm -hmm. try to find get answers or get like questions where like you're kind of semi-confirming that i'm in the right and mm -hmm. use you as a tool for, for like for the confirmation <laughs> yeah so yes. i loved like that's just always gonna be my question and i'll always because I'll, I'll, i tell everybody my the the person that i'm concerned with um with change is you so i don't care what it's not that i don't care right <laughs> you know it's like it doesn't matter what your wife did or not how did you react to it mm -hmm. you know and what can you assume responsibility for if it happens again what can you do about it like i'm always like you 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 yeah you know? so e even even if he is right you're still asking him what can you do even yes, if you are right because in conflict there's always <laughs> always both people are right and always both people are wrong exactly because mm -hmm. you know yeah the other person can do this but then what are you going to do about it mm. that decreases either the likelihood that that happens again or resolving that issue in a whole different world mm -hmm. or at some point i'll be like okay let's bring your your significant other or like you guys need to do marriage counseling i don't personally for that reason the whole like blame game i'm like no yeah you i know? just i just feel like a lot of times um like advice could or like people i mean when well, i guess the issue would be like some people can't see the other side yes and so, you see this in society mm -hmm. today well like well, especially with politics like mm -hmm. if yeah. you're a republican no matter the the democrat could have nothing can convince could, you could eliminate the national debt and they're still wrong or the exactly. democrat no matter what the republican does they're, yeah so the, how do you the overcome therapist, that so the therapist has to be very well uh, well well aware of their own personal biases and there's something called counter-transference like you want to make sure that you as a therapist are not imposing your values or like you're not reacting to a client as if it was your own husband <laughs> like mm -hmm. with the, oh my god that's why i can get along with them you know you have to be aware of that number one um number two you also so there's different kinds of counselors because there's different type of theories like there's counselors that are person-centered um for if, if you have a hard time with insight i wouldn't recommend a person-centered therapist because they're just gonna agree with you you know you might need someone who's a little bit more confrontational you know and kind of throw it back at you yeah. like for i benefit from that like for instance when i go to therapists like i need someone to see so through me are, and tell me the truth what are you <laughs> i'm a people what, what do you uh, consider? i'm a confrontational and to, to take clients to my clients yeah and it's not confrontational like oh my god you're wrong but it's more like and what can you more you assertive know, i always yeah i always go back to like you you know and what what are you going to do about it because at the end of the day the one person who can change this is who you and are is there a point where like for example to that person that's closed-minded that they only see their way is there a certain point where like you can't help them no more where i guess the point yeah, where like sometimes it's where, like, they're like they just don't like is there a point where like these people are just so close-minded that they have to be willing to accept the idea that they could be wrong or does it or yeah do you sometimes never it's give readiness up? because the thing is like um hopefully if you go to therapy you understand that you have to change right you're going 
there because there, there's something that's just not working out the way that I'm coping with it or why not and something's got to change and until you realize that if you're gonna come alone you're the person who, who can change it then you know maybe you're not ready and that's okay some people are not ready yeah. in that moment a lot of people are court ordered to go to counseling <sighs> yes a lot of people are um they have like uh they get like um ultimatum or like mm-hmm. the couples like you go to counseling or i'm yes. leaving you and then so we work because and we, they just go yeah. just to like in my practice we work with couples and we have told couples like no you guys need to do in- individual therapy mm-hmm. and then come together again mm-hmm. yeah. and the or husband like, would just go just to like appease just the wife to yeah, appease, yeah. you or know i see that one a lot with affairs if you want me to be honest mm-hmm. like man or woman they're not ready to give the affair and we tell them straight up unless this third party is eliminated from the relationship. We cannot do any work here right now, you know, and that's okay. Like sometimes it's just a matter, yeah, the person's not ready yet or it's just too much to to ask for or, you know, maybe wrong fit of therapist too. And your your experience um, in the times we're living at now, what's the biggest, what's the, the biggest thing that's affecting like your, your clients? What is the, overall the most thing you're getting nowadays with how's everything um i would i'm a little biased in this because i have a specialty in trauma but um i do believe that a lot of people experience trauma that it doesn't have to be manifested in like full-blown ptsd or something like that but oftentimes people come to my office because there was a single event that kind of triggered them into something and then Mm -hmm. and then that led them to that you know so um with covid a lot of it has been um anxiety because everything has just been all up and down and Mm -hmm. depression i think those will be like the top three Mm -hmm. with how the world is right now okay and how on average how how long does it take a person from whatever event they had to finally get to counseling what is the average that people normally wait so in your experience you've noticed yeah with grief it could take like four months like when someone dies or you lose something Mm -hmm. um with the older generation it could be years you know um with the newer generation that are more open to counseling like you know i would say within a month or two of something they're usually already now how long going to like time frame how long does it go from first session to no need what's the average on that you would say um i w- it depends on the person and the disorder there's some people that just um for instance there's some personality disorders and more extreme pervasive disorders that i have seen for two three years you know mm-hmm. in conjunction with um psychiatric help you know mm-hmm. um there's some people who just constantly need at least to check in with a therapist because of the severity of what's going on but some people up to six months i would say and what would what would you say um to people like how do you challenge your own self pride as in like as in like i've overcome this to accepting that maybe there is some sort of trauma there a lot of times like for like yourself you don't mm-hmm. see the trauma like mm-hmm. you you don't see the trauma affecting you like you yeah. went through something and, like, and you think you're past it and... i'm past it yeah. How, where would be the signs to be like okay like for example me. this is affecting me or because a lot of times out of pride or out of just like it's life i'm just feeling like this because it's like mm-hmm. how do you decipher like okay like 
this is affecting me because it be sometimes it becomes just part of your life like mm -hmm. okay i'm just feeling like this it's normal now mm -hmm. how do you decipher needing it and not needing counseling um i would say occupy like look at occupational function social functioning functioning at home you know um if you think about something and it still hurts as if hurt the first time you know um if you notice that like you're not sleeping and it's affecting your mood overall, you know, how is your mood affecting your relationships? How is it affecting your ability to work, to think, to do the most basic functions? Um, how were, how are you now compared to how you were pr maybe a year ago, you know, maybe how you were before, like your baseline, you know, I would say that, you know, oftentimes it's other people who are going to notice first, you know? Yep. Yeah, uh, just to go more, just to push them more deeper, like, um, Sometimes it happens where, like, this happened when you're 10 years old or 15 mm -hmm. years old. And obviously, you're, you're living with mm -hmm. so you're not missing sleep or you're not missing anything. Yeah, so that so happens So those often. triggers don't happen. Like, where you said, like, mm -hmm. like the, old, the old age is, like, like happened when you're little. You didn't feel yeah. comfortable talking about it. And you shoved it down. You shoved mm -hmm. it down and you're just living life. Like, you're fine. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. how do you... Where do you... Does everyone... Does every person that passes a child that passes divorce or everyone that's like, mm -hmm. does everyone, should they, like you said, there should be a yearly analyze. Uh -huh. Can you overcome it by shoving it down? I guess like, is there a way, like I'm a yeah. person like that. Like I'm really, I'm a big believer. Like you have the control of your emotions, no matter what happens. Like, mm -hmm. external, like mm -hmm. my house could burn on fire, whatever, like, um, the worst could happen to me, but it's on you. So I'm a big person. Like, none of that really matters. Like mm. I'm in control of that. Like, yeah. is that a, is that enough or should, or do but you it really matters? Know? Cause you know where, you know where you see it a lot when people get married and they start having kids. That's where a lot of it comes out. Now it Come depends on, on what happened. Like for instance, children who have been abused, like maybe they forget about it cause they're too little and then they have a relationship and boom, it all comes back, you know? Um, and maybe, you know, you forgot, somebody you know they they overcame because children are malleable too some mm -hmm, children mm -hmm. can overcome certain things too you know so we cannot give them less credit right you know mm -hmm. maybe you overcame it as a, as a kid and that's okay but sometimes as an adult it might come out into patterns into how you relate to your spouse like you know or like how you handle conflict or how you handle your kid you know that's what that's where it comes out you're like oh my god i sound like my mom or something like and then you start realizing like wait a minute I don't think that was quite how I would want to raise my kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then coming to, to that, one of, one of my favorite books is Ecclesiastes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And the reason why I like it so is... So depressed. <laughs> the reason why I like it is because it shows that, like, all that we strive for is so meaningless in yes. the grand scheme of, of, of the Lord's plan, of the yeah. things. So what's your view on that? Like, whereas in, like, for example, my Apple Watch dropped today mm -hmm. and oh. the whole Apple Watch cracked. Oh, my gosh. So it's, like, completely... Like... Where would you say on that part of things should we scale? Like, should we like nothing matters? Like, you're as in like how much importance should we give everything? Like, should yeah. we be like, oh man, this now I'm like this, or should we, we be like, okay, whatever, move on. Extreme case, my mom passes away. Where I'm moving on. It mm -hmm. it is part of life. It's part of mm -hmm. the Lord. We all die. We all born. Where because Ecclesiastes is really strong on that. Ecclesiastes, yeah. everything, even your parents passing, even your kids. Mm -hmm. None of it's that's like chasing after the wind. None of that's important. So where would you say how much importance should we give this world if this world is meaningless? Yeah, because mm -hmm. that's the issue with me. I'm 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 a little um not a little, but I'm kinda like that, like a little bit psycho, like okay, dog died, whatever. 
we gotta move well, on to dog is dead like men, men tend to be a little bit more functional uh-huh. like in their thinking pattern uh-huh. it's like can i do something about it no move on you know okay. women tend to be a little bit more but emotional. is that but my case is if if it's wrong if it's semi it's solomon shows it as or ecclesiastes shows it as a it's a right way to think as in like we had to accept it as vapor like Mm -hmm. um as meaningless like is that the proper way to look at it like how as christians Mm -hmm. what would you say mentally how much value should we give this world so i think we should give value to today like jesus said in um mm. matthew i know six there you go don't, six listeners don't listeners don't worry yeah. there you go <laughs> exactly. uh, matthew 6 26 to 33 33 saying like why am i gonna worry about what i'm gonna eat tomorrow exactly. you know if god dresses the lilies if god feeds the birds you know like you're gonna be okay so i think it's paying attention to the now um, even bringing it to secular, I once heard, you know, Gandhi said, like, you know, nothing that you do in this world matters, but it's important that you do it anyways. Did you, you know? just mention Gandhi? Yes, I did. You're a Christian. You're not supposed to. No, just, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yes, I did. So so that you can see different worldviews mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it wasn't just Solomon, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, when Jesus comes for his bride, will it matter? You know, no. Does it matter today? Yes, and that's okay, that's you know. Good, but I'm just going to worry about it today. I'm not going to worry about what happened because there's nothing I can do about it, but I can feel it. Um, and talking about functionality, when my grandma passed away last year, I went to work because mm-hmm. I thought that the same thing, you know, like there's nothing I can do now, you know. I didn't buy flowers because I'm like, well, she's in heaven. She ain't going to see them. Like it was, that, <laughs> that was my thought process. Until three months later, I started to eat my feelings. I couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> and then I went to counseling because I was like, something's wrong. Because <laughs> no. I wasn't allowing myself to even yeah. cry. Like it was rough. Now to expand on that, like let's say that happens. Is it, how do I put it? Is it healthier or do you recommend to embrace that at least for the today even if that's not how you feel just to please to other people it. so they can see that that you're emotional to it or oh no should should no. it just be truth no if, be if you don't feel that yourself. way they don't feel that way no yeah be true to yourself because okay. it's also like very hard work to mask like mm-hmm. to exactly. pretend that you yeah. feel something that you yeah. don't feel uh-huh. you know but cry cry you know there are neurotransmitters that are released in your tears when you cry like it's healthy for us to cry Men, you can cry. No, it, I cry. I cry. Just don't see me cry like probably twice. But I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen my husband see, twice. One of the things that's the issue, like Giselle's, Giselle holds everything dear to her heart. Like everything mm-hmm. weighs heavier on our heart. Sorry, Giselle, that I'm mentioning you. <laughs> like for me, like I'm like, if I get fired from my job, I got. But but the the see the thing and that and that's what we don't understand. Like I I don't believe that God. How do I put it? I don't believe that God like has the perfect person for you, but he does give you the tools to even subconsciously pick somebody mm-hmm. that would work for you. Yeah. And that's why she may be that extreme, but you're the other extreme that's and you guys balance, balance each other. Because yeah. exactly. when your daughter cries, you know, like Giselle has to be there and be like, oh, it's okay. Because imagine if both of you were yes, cutthroat. Like, Suck it up, little yes. one. Go to your corner. And Why are you it. crying? It's just a banana. That imagine like, if you both were like that, then she would. Yes. Yeah. She so would be even right. kids need that healthy balance between yeah. like, it's okay that I feel sad over something, but there's nothing you can do about it now. Yeah. What's the next step? You know, so that's, 
it's I just believe like a lot finding the time for everything. There's exactly. the time balance, to mourn. Yeah. There's the time to rejoice. There's exactly. the time to sow. There's the time for war. There's the time for love. It's just finding that time that Ecclesiastes three eleven talks about. You know. Mm. And then my last kind of like question is, how do you, even though you're a third party, mm-hmm. admitting things you could feel shame in just that indirectly, or like like as in like for example. Um, I feel shame because I did this mm-hmm. type of thing where even though I'm telling you and nobody knows that mm-hmm. the fact that I'm admitting it brings shame onto mm-hmm. me. So I don't even go to a counseling because I know that. Mm-hmm. How do you, you have to overcome that before you even get to the counselor, I would say. To so some how degree, do you, so yeah. how do you, how do you, if you still haven't talked to the counselor, what tools would you say to help someone feel comfortable to talk to the counselor? Because mm-hmm. even in church, um, one of the biggest things the Bible speaks about is going up front and confessing your sins. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, the confession of sin is such a yeah. big part of the, mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. But as church, we're all act to be perfect. Like yep. we're supposed to keep this pristine look. And that's the issue with that because then they, uh, the church in general has used that as a weapon to put fear into people. Be like, mm-hmm. oh, you better confess. And I think it's more of like what we're talking about now. It's more about being true to yourself and admitting that you've done something. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to say it publicly so that oh, yeah, you can go that's through what, no, no, yeah. Yeah, That's not what I mean. But no, I mean, no, I know. I'm just saying yeah. the church has used it to that, to Extreme. demean people and to yeah. put them on disciplina for six months. That's the only, <laughs> that's the which only approach. I'll, I'll ask in a second after. So go. My, my thing is, as Christians, we're instilled... If you admit imperfection, you're wrong. Like right. Christians are supposed to like the Bible says, you know, we're supposed mm-hmm. to see mancha, like we're supposed to be mm-hmm. like perfect. And so we like nature and nurture, mm-hmm. like we were nurtured mm-hmm. in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So what tools would you say for someone that just isn't able to the fact even come up to you? Because mm-hmm. if they come up to you, that opens the door to show that they do have manchas mm-hmm. and they were told not to even ever show. How that. do they overcome? You know, like in, in you know, your Spanish, like mm-hmm. we have that, that, that sala, that, that room that's like perfect, that's super clean. And mm-hmm. then like that rest of the house could be, but that yeah. room yeah. is the like guest room that like, and yeah. that's how we live life. We like, mm-hmm. we show people that guest room mm-hmm. and the rest of our house is a mess. Mm-hmm. How do you, what tools can someone have? To overcome the fact that, like, okay, if I go to a counselor, I'm admitting that I have other messes. Mm-hmm. What, 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 how um, do you? I would say that? to in church in general to number one talk about mental health. Number two, um, be vulnerable with each other. You know, because I think sometimes somebody doesn't come to a leader because they think that this leader is pure racy mancha. Mm-hmm. But if that leader says, let's say someone's struggling with lust, you know, and that and someone comes to the leader and the leader says you know what i know that struggle i struggle with that too if they open up you if have they that open confidence up, yeah. that From just the front, yeah. like god rejoices in that like the mm-hmm. word says that where there's two or three in his presence i mean where there's two or three gathered in agreement he's there in agreement and that actually comes from i believe matthew 18 where jesus is teaching on resolving conflict is exactly. saying if if someone does something to you, go to them. If they don't change, then bring a witness. If they don't change, then tell the whole, you know, confess to the whole mm-hmm. church, you know, because where the two or three are gathered in my name, there I am, you know. And um, so in showing that mutual vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, I think also getting in the word, you know, like really understanding what we're supposed to do for one another as one body in Christ, which is to encourage. And um, I believe in Galatians, it says to um, help each other like help with each other's burdens right Mm -hmm. you know not necessarily take it on only but help so it's like if you 
understand that you know yeah you have a speck on her on your eye but yes i did too you know mm -hmm. and this is what we can do together yeah, to i think that vulnerability it. is key because pastors especially struggle with that yeah but i mean it's because that nature that's, and nurture yeah like, that's they how were, we, they were raised exactly if the pastor admits they sinned or they just they wrong, need to drop they it. get dropped they don't get their position no more like which is the segue to what i wanted to ask about uh how what is your opinion your experience because i know you you came up in Pentecostal churches too, right? What's your experience and what you've learned and how do you see it now? The whole disciplina, this guy's the worst person ever. You can't listen to his tapes anymore. You can't read his mm -hmm. books anymore. Uh, he has to sit in the back bench. How, what is your opinion on that approach of how, you know, we grew up spiritual in the church scene? Spiritual discipline. Exactly. Yeah. So spiritual discipline is biblical and we find it in first Corinthians, but it's not the way that we have um, implemented. implemented spiritual discipline, right? Spiritual discipline is done with love. Um, it, it, it involves follow up. You know, often what I have heard about with discipline is like, I'll put you, I'll sit you down for six months, but there's no follow up. There's no meeting. There's no checking up on you. Mm -hmm. There's more like an alienation, almost like being this fellowship, exactly. you know, and mm -hmm. shunned, which is not, the, shouldn't be the case. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, I believe spiritual discipline should, the person should understand that it doesn't sever necessarily their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it doesn't sever their relationship with that pastor who's put in discipline. Um, it should have defined terms as far as like, this is how long you're going to sit, be sitting down and why it should have terms as to like, this is how often we're going to meet for the point of restoration, right. And cr building a relationship. And once that person is already out of in a point of restoration, then reincorporate them back, you know, because for, I know that some people still don't read books by a local pastor because he committed ad adultery maybe exactly, exactly. 10 years ago. Uh -huh. And I'm like, so we're not forgiving them, even though God forgave them. And like, my, and we're my, we're kind of forgiving them, not yeah. really. My my question to the, like my my pushback is, if if we accept that God forgives us immediately, why do we need to have six months of consequence? Yeah, I was gonna expand on that. For example, let's use just six months. Like, why are we picking that? Which is up? which is why huge. that number? Like, how do you? Okay, no, that's for, a huge. For, no, for example, let's say. Uh, my personality, I get over things quick. I accept them. I move on. Mm -hmm. If I'm okay after two weeks, why do I have to wait six months to two like, weeks is fine. like, uh, what is your opinion on that? Like, so, but you, but you did mention like a set, like, is it a set time just as a general, but if we see it earlier, we're okay. Yeah. How, what of is course. It? Yeah. You know, that's movable because there are some consequences like that are just going to be kind of natural to you know, whatever happened, right? Like, cause God can forgive you. For example, if you have, you know, really sexual relations out of wedlock and like you get someone pregnant, like God can forgive you the minute you repent, but the pregnancy is still going. Like that's mm -hmm. not going. So the, that's yeah, the consequences. Consequence yeah. yeah. So, you, so you are some, like you are okay with someone receiving like quote unquote disciplina. Um, to some degree. Yeah. Like for instance, if it's okay. So if it's going to be, for the helpful for the betterment of their spiritual life and if it, it's gonna be more detrimental like you know like let's try to figure it out because at the end of the day we've all sinned the bible says that we all sin we all fall short from the glory of god and oftentimes the person that it's given disciplina is just because we find out Exactly. Because there's many people in the congregation who should probably be in disciplina. But we haven't all, of, all of us should be in disciplina. <laughs> at some point, right? All of us should be in disciplina and, at some point. 
And the the most important thing too about that that I've like I've heard a preaching on and it's like ever since that it changed my mind on it. It's the Bible says that it lists a bunch of sins, fornication, blah 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 blah. blah. It says all these restore the person. Mm-hmm. And then it says the person that that brings in division and and talks behind people's back, that's the one you have to outcast. Mm-hmm. And we've completely Twisted, twisted that around. around the person that 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 causes division and is talking and and putting evil thoughts in people's mind that person's on the board of directors and this and, and then just because this guy we found out he was sleeping with somebody else mm-hmm. now he can't participate he can't do nothing when the bible says the complete opposite restore mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. and the person that's causing division he's the one you need to get out because he's going to bring discord and mm-hmm. mess up the whole Yep. <laughs> but I think it's also a root of like as a church we've categorized like Sins, yeah. sin as like this is really bad. This exactly. Is less bad. And, and what's crazy is that we we look at the Catholic Church as oh you know they're not really Christian whatever, but we've become just like them, mm-hmm. which is what that passage is talking about. We put these sins as higher. They have mm-hmm. worse consequences. Oh, no. and like right now homosexuality is like the worst thing you could ever do. Exactly. And- but. Mm-hmm. It's the Bible says that's those person restore them, help them out. Yep. The people who are causing divisions, which isn't that big of a sin mm-hmm. that we're used to. That like gossip those, is not that exactly. Yeah. And we and were then, called to restore the relationship of the world with the Father. Exactly. That's, you know, the mission of the church is what to go out there, make disciples, bring them to Christ. And if we're not bringing our own people to Christ, how your evangelistic effort is pointless. Exactly. You know, and I, I said it very harsh, but it's true. If you're not restoring your own people who are already in church, how do you expect to seek the lost? And like, the, and a, a crazy verse that blows my mind every time I think about it is the Bible says, if you have failed the law in one point, you, you have failed, failed it, it in all of it. Yeah. So let's say you've never slept with somebody else other than your wife. And I did. Yeah, but and, and you did something else. Gluttony. The fact exactly. And, and and yours is gluttony. Yeah. The, the simple, we both were in the exactly, same boat. Exactly. Yeah. You slept with somebody else just because I did it and vice versa. I'm a glutton because you're a glutton. Yeah, you do. You, exactly. You break one thing, you break it all. Exactly. So, and that's where Romans 3.23 is such a clear mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. But, like, we've, like you said, out of out of not knowing, mm-hmm. we accept people being perfect. Like, we just, mm-hmm. I ex- okay, well, this person's okay because we didn't find out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But this we were first find out, so now they're more evil and more mm-hmm. need more help. And it's 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 just a a bad thing. And the and the opposite coin of that too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people only apologize and go through this all this hum, uh, humbling because they got caught. Yeah. Yes. If they wouldn't have gotten caught, they would have kept doing what they're doing. Which, you know, you know what I've learned um, in my walk with Christ. So I um I grew up Pentecostal by association. I actually have never except for the first three months of my marriage i've never been a member of a pentecostal church okay um but my parents did grow up and my cousins Mm -hmm. you know my uncle was an ma pastor and um like so the concept of discipline i was known to but foreign but i have what i have seen personally in church growing up is that oftentimes like when someone has the conviction sometimes they step down themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you kind of see it like Mm -hmm. you know um hopefully you know we want to grow to be a church that's vulnerable that people just admit that on their own and no one has to actually sit them and that's something i've been trying to talk to my like we're trying to do testimony nights Mm -hmm. one thing i say is like we got to be willing as leaders Mm -hmm. to open up up first to create that environment because we can't expect Mm -hmm. 
Put on the Italians to come out of nowhere, but like, hey, I've seen, I smacked my wife yeah. yesterday or something. You know, <laughs> right? You know what's? I don't know. I it's out of topic, but not out of topic because it reminded me we were talking about manning up, and then this just came out and about coming up forward. Um, how it came to mind, leaders who even struggle with mental health might not want to sit down, you know, and they're just pushing through and just hurting themselves more in the process. And there is a time to sit down because you're worn out in ministry. Like um, I was gonna ask about that because, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, it's, it's go like, ahead. I have a I had know someone that you keep the position out of like duty mm-hmm. and ends up mm. burning it ends up hurt and it's it happens with Moses Moses false loyalty the same yeah. thing and his father like was like this is gonna either it's gonna hurt yeah. you more than the good that you're doing mm-hmm. and and and, I was and why do you that. think he struck he, he struck the rock the rock because he was he was fed up exactly <laughs> yeah and then it cost him the problem and, and what what can you speak about that as a you know mental health expert how much time should a person have off so it depends you know uh, i was thinking of elijah how you know he he brings fire down from heaven jezebel says i'm gonna kill you he runs away and then he gets in a cave you know um and he's like just not eating and it gets to a point that angel comes and says eat he goes in a cave and then comes to a point that god says get out of the cave you know like it's time king david you know he was praying for his son the son he had out of wedlock you know to live because he was sick you know he was fasting and everything all of a sudden he just got up took a shower and got up i think in seven days or something so it really depends you know what i mean like if somebody's gonna sit down because they're burned out i encourage them that they need to seek help you know they need to like it's, it shouldn't just be a process of i'm just sitting at home doing nothing because also the enemy works in isolation you know to try to isolate somebody to take advantage of so them. are you okay with like leaders like let's say a pastor which is like ultimate leader in the church taking like a um a, a yearly monthly a month vacation um i, w- I mean to it depends be pro- on the- to be proactive in avoiding that in avoiding that yeah 100 percent. you know and maybe it doesn't mean that they don't come to church for a whole month but maybe they have different leaders you know developing different leaders you know preaching for it's just four sundays when you think about it <laughs> you know yeah. um oftentimes the pastors work overtime you know for those specifically that this is their full-time ministry like if they're if it's their full-time job um pastors don't tend to have office hours you know somebody's in the hospital at 1 a.m they tend to call the pastor, even though the pastor cannot do anything. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's true. So, and also uh, the same thing I would ask you about, like what we just mentioned, is the false loyalty. Like, what would you say to somebody that is loyal to a church because they've been there and they don't want that stigma of church hopping? Like, how how do you take that on to overcome that feeling? And just if you don't feel this is where you should be, just move on and. And also when it comes to ministry, like he mentioned a pastor, that's just a pastor because that's where he's at, but he doesn't really feel it. Like Mm -hmm. how does, how can that affect negatively and how Mm -hmm. someone should approach that to to move forward? This is where your relationship with God has to come into place. For instance, if it's a church, like it's going to come to a crossroads that you have to either listen to God or man, Mm -hmm. you know, am I here to please man or am I here to please God? And if God says it's the time to go, no matter how your loyalty is to that person or to that vision or to that church, you know, um, it happened to my husband and I, we would, if it was out of loyalty to who was our pastor and, you know, we would have stayed in our old church, but God said mm-hmm. no, you know, and, and I'm grateful at this point, years yeah. later, you realize 
wow, I'm grateful, God, that I was loyal and obedient to you. So sometimes I believe if you're burnt out in ministry, right, you know, you have to ask God, is is this it? Maybe it's time for a new season or I just need rest, you mm -hmm. know, because sometimes we neglect rest or what are you telling me, God? Because ultimately you want to know, or maybe God needs to tell you, man up and keep doing it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? In my last question, it comes to uh, um, nature and nurture. So how do you, first on the nature part, how do you justify God giving mental illnesses to these people? So I don't think God necessarily gives us illnesses. I think it's just a result of a fallen nature, you know. Oh, like, yeah, progressively, just it's just yeah. God intended the world. The world was perfect before sin entered into the world. So it was just. I think it's just a result of like how the fall has just led to different things, you know. And also, like, I believe everybody. Ex There are some examples like Nebuchadnezzar, God allowed for him to go into. Like, yeah, I mean, or, yeah. or even like uh, the Pharaoh. Like God. But those are special cases are, where, he, where there's a purpose he, to it. Yeah. Yes. And the purpose is to display God's glory. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's a re specific there reason. There was a specific biblical canonical reason for that to happen. You know, and usually when you think about it, what do Saul, Pharaoh, and. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar had in common. There were p people in position of authority and power. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so the reason the reason why I ask about that is because the nature part we question a lot. Like, if your kid's born sick, like why God? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. your mother dies of old age, why did you take this? Like, that nature part. How do you justify where you know, your mm -hmm. your faith based practice, a all loving God, and these bad things happening to good people? Like, mm -hmm. when that situation that comes up, how do you how do you justify that? Or do you not justify it? And so no one has ever really asked, you know. Um, I think this even goes deeper into human um, view. We tend to say, why do bad things happen to good people? But in light of a holy God, we weren't good to begin with. We were okay. sinners. So that's how I see it. So sometimes it's like the fact that certain things don't happen to me is a gift of grace. Okay. That's how I tend to see the that, world. Yeah, the opposite point of view is like. I have yeah, yeah, I have more of the opposite point of view. I'm like, man, God, I could have like. If anything, we should have worse things happen. Okay. Yeah, I probably deserve worst in life, but yeah. you're so good because there's evil here, but you are still good. So you have allowed certain things to still work out together for the good of those who love you and walk according to your purpose. Yeah, you and I, I saw a video a few days ago where I think it was. Morgan Freeman, probably. He was saying how you ask God for courage or strength or resilience, whatever. He's not going to give you that thing. He's going to give you an opportunity to develop it. To develop it. And, that's, and that's what we do. We ask God for this and that and this and that. And we're expecting him to bring it in a box. Oh, here's strength. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you stronger for no reason just because mm -hmm. you asked for it. No, he's going to give us opportunities for us to develop it and to show yeah. that we have And strength. sometimes it's not going to be pretty, you yeah. know. Um, and the the one time I learned that we're not exempt was when my pastor passed away from a car accident in the middle of a fasting. Wow. <laughs> you That's know, and it's like the, the person that you look up to that's like very spiritual, you're like, God, but why? You mm -hmm. know, but it's like we have to god knows his purpose mm -hmm. you know? and, I, and i think it on that nature part it's at a certain point and the bible says his mind is above our mind mm. his actions are above ours yeah there's certain things i mean i don't know how you I, 
on that nature part, do you do you leave an a, a door of like, I'm not gonna have an answer as a counselor, and yeah. you're never gonna have an answer. Yeah, hundred percent. And how do you deal with someone that to do like do are you honest with them like hey you're not gonna get the answer for this like Mm -hmm. this happened and you may never find out maybe it wasn't a purpose for you to develop Mm -hmm. it just happened and god has some bigger thing that you know Mm -hmm. one of the things i always like to bring up is job Mm -hmm. is because god never answered why he went through that no never and we sometimes like oh you're gonna go through the blessing like job and you're gonna receive that's not the case right it was didn't know he was going to anyways and god didn't say because you went through this you received this Mm -hmm. he just blessed him out of his Mm -hmm. kindness of his heart Mm -hmm. and i think similar to job his friends is try to rationalize why Mm -hmm. he was going Mm -hmm. through this you're going through this because you sinned Mm -hmm. or you're going through this because you did yeah they were trying to use human merit use human merit and i think on that nature part like if your kid's born this and it's 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 hard because like Mm -hmm we present such a loving God and all stuff. It's, but mm-hmm. we, when God pulled Job into see such a universal perspective and it, it, that, and that's where it pulls me. Like all this stuff is sometimes we overestimate life in here. Mm-hmm. Like we have eternal life is what we should focus on. Yeah. We yeah. give this, this world this too much credit years for or 20 credit. years or too much credit, too much credit. And I think on that nature part of things and transitioning to the nurture, mm-hmm. how much should the, how much should a church should be responsible in nurturing? As in like, back in the day, the church did every food distribution in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. They did uh, widow management for mm-hmm. uh, orphanages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should the church still do that? Yeah, 100%. Or should we allow third party? Like how, how involved should the church be from parenting? How involved? A hundred percent involved. Like, yeah. You, so you think they should be in fully every involved? Because like, especially now, this is my kid. I raise my kid how mm-hmm. I want. How yeah. how involved should we be? Like, hey, your kids, this this is how you should parent. Yeah, very involved. You know, because first up, we have to understand this is his kid, so I have to parent mm-hmm. him however he wants mm-hmm. me to parent him. Like, you know, the church has to be. We have allowed the government and the enemy in itself have too much control over the territory that belongs to the church. Mm-hmm. We should be involved in education. We should be involved in entertainment. We should be involved in the, the seven mountains, I believe, in finances. We should be involved in medicine. We should be in like. Christianity wasn't just meant to be one aspect of our life. God was meant to be this was meant to be the center of our life, you know. Um even how we eat. Like it sounds but I've started to have that conviction that if like if I know that I shouldn't eat certain things because they're going to be bad for me and this is the temple that God gave me, then Taking care of my temple is not just about not getting earrings and tattoos. It's about also eating healthy and doing exercising mm-hmm. and getting proper sleep. You know, we have to be involved in everything, you know, because God is the center of everything. God is the creator of everything, you know. So it's we cannot just put God on a Sunday or a Wednesday when we come to church. You know, he's very much invested in how we parent. You know, we should feel the whole the, the voice of the Holy Spirit talk to us on how we spend our money, how we eat call me exaggerated but you know how we parent our kids how we relate to our spouses how we behave at work and everything and you refer to that as seven what oh the seven mountains like of the world like entertainment Mm. education oh even education you know like we've we've just given too much uh we've given too much authority (laughs) the church itself you know i do understand that historically the church had too much authority and it became corrupt you know and that's why i mean there's been a separation the idea is i mean 
we always assume the church had to be perfect, but it's led by men, and the church yep. always is gonna have a history mm-hmm. of mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna always. have more it's gonna have more bad things and yeah. good things happen because it's led by mm-hmm. people that are broken, corrupt, yeah. greedy, all these other things. Because it's led by humans. Yeah. No, and the thing is that we've we we call this a Christian nation, but it's impossible for an, a nation that's democratic to be Christian. It has to be a the- theocratic nation. Because, exactly, God is, the Bible, there's no place in the Bible, the Bible is about a kingdom, mm-hmm. a monarch. Our, mm-hmm. our king is God. Mm-hmm. We don't choose him. We didn't vote him in. Mm-hmm. He's in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And we're his children. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. But here, we vote, so we feel like we have some some authority in choosing who we want. Not even in church, we vote for like the treasurer. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's that's the issue with church. We've applied the, those democratic Concept. system into church, mm-hmm. and it was never like that. Mm-hmm. When they were when they were choosing leaders and stuff, it was God who told them this is. Mm-hmm. Even when, even when the disciples were going to choose a, a replacement, mm-hmm. they did it by their own merit with the sticks, Cast casting lots, lots whatever, mm-hmm. and the whole time God had. Uh, Paul, who, who who was supposed to be, and they were over here doing their own thing mm-hmm. by human understanding, and it was, and God had already somebody prepared it that He wanted mm-hmm. it to be. So, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, it would be cool. I mean, I, know, I mean, you you have your own business, but it'd be cool to like hear a study of analyzing these biblical characters. I would love to see oh, like your okay. like biblical mm-hmm. like a mental like analyst like mm-hmm. this person had depression or bipolarism. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool to see because. Yeah. It, it would realize even though half of the people in the Bible did make mistakes, but we like, yeah, um, dismiss them as like they didn't really mm-hmm. do those things, or we um, highlight, yeah, we, we highlight don't highlight those things. Dude, yeah. it's like David. Like, David's this perfect guy, but like he sent this like, guy to die, took his wife, yeah. And, like, <laughs> so like, but I will. It'd be so cool if like I don't know somehow like you or whoever's listening could just do some like mental mm-hmm. analysis, analyze, analyze. So I have some in my blog. Um, uh, hearingfromthethrone.wordpress.com. Uh, it's under like mental health and God. Um, I highlighted on David, Elijah. I forgot who else. I remember those two clearly because they really resonated. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few topics like on mental health, like in the Bible. Like for instance, the Bible talks so much about anxiety. Like it's not even funny. Like, you know, it talks a lot about anxiety. So it's like if you struggle with anxiety, sometimes the first thing we should do, well, not sometimes, the Bible says in uh, uh, Philippians 4, 6, you know, pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Just pray, you know, and then the peace that surpasses all understanding will cover your mind and your heart. And then Paul says, and think about these things. So he's given practical, it's like Applic- pray, application. Yeah, applications, you know, and sometimes we just stay up, pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And God um, is, yeah, pray, but also. No. Um, well, before we wrap up, I kind of want to give you the, the opportunity to kind of yeah, just like say how people can find you. So, mm-hmm. well, before you get to that, if you can have a a message to the listeners, not only encourage them on how to overcome and seek the help if they need it, mm-hmm. and what tools they can use, that even in the Bible sh- shows mm-hmm. us like how to mentally and psychologically improve their mm-hmm. their life 
So I would say, you know, if you feel like it's time to talk to someone, it's time to talk to someone, <laughs> you know, and um, some people are okay with talking to somebody they trust, they feel better like that, you know, within the church, you know, and some people feel better with a stranger. So just decide, you know, if that's the case, if you need somebody, you know, already, or if you need somebody who's like a third party, um, if you're a believer, I definitely recommend that you seek a counselor who is a believer as well, because then they can incorporate the word of God, because mm -hmm. I believe that that's just up of most important importance you know um and i would say any the word says in second corinthians 10 5 you know holding every thought captive unto the lord so if you have any thought that is contrary to god's word go to god's word and see what does god have to say about that you know um that would be like on that is actually um a clinical intervention that I give people, but also a spiritual intervention that we give, you know, like, um, hang on to like God's word versus what our mind is trying to tell us, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah. And prayer, <laughs> prayer is key always. Thank you. So how, how can we find you? So you can give us a call 407-906-5214. Um, you could also email us at hopecounselingfl at gmail.com. We do um, individual couples um, and family therapy uh, in person and online. So you can be anywhere in Florida as long as you live in Florida and we can do um, telehealth sessions too. Um, and www.hopecounselingfl.com. And then last... Um for pastors that want to find resources or leaders that want to find resources to like to connect and bring that resource of mental health to their church, is there a resource, not just in your organ? Do you know any resources that pastors can look into? Yes. Um, I mean, you can give me a call, you know, oh, I so, have, you, yeah. so you could help. Yes. Yeah, okay. I have, um, I have Count, gone to consult? churches to talk. Yeah. To okay. talk specifically about mental health, you know, very important. Cause I do know some pastors know like, Hey, I know the word, like, you know, but is there a little bit more in conjunction with the word that you can give us? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we can do that, you know, for anybody, whether it's like a youth group or like small oh, group okay. or anything like that. Um, um, I also know a great pastoral counselor. If someone who is a pastor, if there's a pastor who wants to talk to a pastor who's also a counselor, oh, okay. mm -hmm. um, please call me and I'll give you her phone number um, because I know that pastor to pastors, they can connect <laughs> better. Each other. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. they can connect better. Perfect. So um, thank you for coming. Um, we truly believe like the gospel redeems all aspects of life. So um, we, we truly understand the importance of mental health. So thank you for coming. You're thank welcome. you. Thank you. Um, and we'll be sending, we'll have her links available on the, um, below of the video description. So you can thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you for